0: It's nearly 12 o'clock, and time for the KMXT Midday Report. Thank you for listening to KMXT, broadcasting on 100.1 FM. We are your public radio station. We're up here on Signal Hill in beautiful downtown Kodiak, Alaska, where it is 67 degrees up here on the hill. 62 out at the airport, a few clouds out there, east winds to five, 75% humidity and 10 miles of visibility. Look for a slight chance of rain before 1 p.m. today, followed by a chance of rain after 4 p.m. Cloudy skies all day today with a high near 64. Calm winds turning to the southeast to five this afternoon. Coming up on the Midday Report, Kodiak is seeing an uptick of COVID-19 cases. And the fires in the interior have slowed, but they're still burning. Flash floods have washed out a section of the Richardson Highway. And beluga whales showing up where they aren't always seen. Those stories and more after national headlines.
1: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. The Democratic-controlled House voted today to restore abortion rights nationwide, an effort to undo the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade protections. But as NPR's Barbara Sprunt reports, currently the bill has almost no future. The bills aim to protect the
2: right to an abortion and guarantee the right to travel across state lines for abortion services. Democrats are limited in what they can accomplish legislatively because they fall short of the 60 votes needed to advance most legislation in the Senate. Ahead of the vote, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi stressed the importance of electing Democrats in November's midterm elections.
3: With two more Democratic senators, we will be able to eliminate the filibuster when it comes to a woman's right to choose and to make reproductive freedom the law of the land.
2: The overturning of Roe v. Wade has led to abortion bans in multiple states, with more expected to come. Barbara and PR News, Washington.
1: Senate Democratic leaders have gone back to the drawing board after failing to persuade Joe Manchin of West Virginia to say yes to a sweeping economic and climate package. Manchin, a Democrat, opposes climate, energy, and tax provisions in the plan. The president says he's prepared to take executive action on climate if Congress fails to move. The medical examiner in Summit County, Ohio, says a black motorist who was shot to death by police last month had at least 46 bullet entrance wounds on his body. Jalen Walker died after an attempted traffic stop and foot chase by eight officers from Akron, Ohio. Dr. Lisa Kohler is the Summit County medical examiner.
4: Fifteen gunshot wounds injured, injured the torso and caused internal injury to his heart, lungs, liver, spleen left kidney, intestines, and multiple ribs.
1: Police say they were fired on from Walker's car, but he was not armed when he was on foot. His killing June 27th prompted two weeks of protests in Akron. Retail spending is up again, according to new Commerce Department data. Sales at stores and restaurants jumped 1% last month compared to May, NPR's Alina Seljuk
2: reports. A key driver is still gas stations. In June, spending there grew almost 4% compared to May and 49% compared to last year. Gas prices have been fuel for the current inflation, which last month was the highest in four decades. Similarly, people spent more on groceries, on furniture, on shopping online, and going out to restaurants and bars. Department stores, however, saw a decline as shoppers spent a little less on clothes. They're also spending less on health and personal care. People bought more electronics and appliances last month than they did in May, but nowhere near last year's levels. Alina Selyuk, NPR News, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow rose
1: 655 points. This is NPR News in Washington.
5: NPR News is presented to you in part by the Providence Kodiak Island Center de Azoramiento. For a cita or more information, please call 907-481-2400. For
0: KMXT, I'm Terry Haynes. Kodiak is seeing an uptick of COVID-19 cases. KMXT's Kirsten Dobroth reports it comes as the state is also seeing an increase in cases.
5: In Kodiak, nearly 200 cases of COVID were reported to the state over the last month. 46 of those cases were from just the last week. That's not a surge, but it does fit a statewide rise in cases of the virus. Alaska's Department of Health reported a 10 percent increase in COVID cases since last week. Amy Butts is a public health nurse and team lead at the Kodiak Public Health Center. She says what's happening in Kodiak and statewide is happening across the country, too. And she says it doesn't necessarily factor in positive at-home tests either. I've heard of quite a few cases that were positive through an at-home test that didn't see their healthcare care provider. Now, what's also important to know is that when people are testing positive, the recommendation is to talk to their health care provider. Kodiak's community transmission level was bumped up to high by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention earlier this month. That's prompted some popular tourist attractions that are run by federal agencies like the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge Visitor Center and NOAA's touch tank to mandate mask wearing again. But says that's the CDC's advice for crowded places regardless of vaccination status. And along with masking, one of the big methods to help prevent COVID is, of course, the vaccines. There's also more boosters available than when they were originally rolled out last year, according to Butts. She says the Kodiak Public Health Center also has vaccines available for children as young as six months old. Anyone who feels sick should get tested as soon as possible. COVID testing is available by appointment through the Kodiak Area Native Association and the Kodiak Island Ambulatory Care Clinic. At-home test kits are also available at Safeway on Mill Bay Road. In Kodiak, I'm Kirsten Dobrath.
0: Fire season has slowed significantly, but it's not over. Alaska Fire Service spokesperson Beth Ibsen says the recent turn toward cooler, showery weather has resulted in state and federal fire management agencies downgrading Alaska's preparedness level.
6: From preparedness level five, which is the highest level, to preparedness level four, which means it's still going to be active. We still have a lot of fires in a lot of areas.
0: Nearly 3 million acres have burned so far this season, and there are still 270 active wildfires in the state. But the weather has for now subdued most activity.
6: Kind of at least put a pause on a lot of the fire behaviors and the fire season, but that doesn't necessarily constitute to, you know, we're, we're seeing the end of it.
0: Over a 1,000 firefighters are working about a dozen wildfires, and there are still new starts. Ibsen says action was taken on Thursday on a twenty acre fire that began Tuesday, about six and a half miles northwest of Tanana.
6: There's twelve smoke jumpers working it now. They were dropping retardant on it all day long, got it boxed around, and then the large the large water scoopers were dropping water on it all day. So they really kind of took the punch out of that fire, but there's still some work to go on it.
0: Ibsen says wildfire activity is meanwhile picking up in the lower 48, and Alaska is unlikely to be able to draw any more crews from outside. She says those in the state now will time out and head south. The Richardson Highway remains closed between mile 218 and 234 due to damage caused by flash flooding on Monday. The State Department of Transportation lists more than 20 sites, including several bridges over creeks, impacted by the high water event. DOT Northern Region Spokesperson Daniel Tesson says contractors are working from both ends of the closed section of highway to make repairs.
6: Each area has kind of a different amount of damage, but the, the most uh, common work that we're having to do is due to the high waters, that were flowing, a lot of the cell material was washed away. And so what we're doing at this time is bringing in new materials to rebuild the road around those bridges.
0: Tessin says the worst damage is at the 70-year-old Bear Creek Bridge.
6: If you've seen photos, it looks like the bridge washed out, but really the bridge is still there, uh, but the whole entire road washed out. And so for Bear Creek, what we're having to do is re-channel that uh, creek that goes through, Uh, push the water back to where it originally used to go, and then uh, rebuild that road up. Um, We will not be paving the summer on that road, but we will get it open here soon.
0: Tessin says the DOT anticipates the section of highway will reopen by Monday. As of Thursday, there was no estimate available for the cost of repairing the flood damage. Fishermen aren't the only ones hunting salmon in Bristol Bay. This week, people spotted mysterious shapes in a lake about 20 miles inland from Dillingham. KDLG's Izzy Ross has more.
2: Cheryl Mershon runs the Silverfin Bed and Breakfast on the shore of Lake Aleknigik. She's hung fishing nets for 45 years and has seen her fair share of wildlife. So when her guests told her they saw whales in the lake, she had her doubts. But the next day, she decided to take a closer look.
4: Oh my, there are beluga. I said, you guys come down, come down and look. And sure enough, I bet we saw seven, and they were traveling, but traveling slow.
2: About 100 feet beyond the buoys off the boat launch, she saw pale shapes swimming through the water.
4: There were two big white shadows in the water, two big beluga bears. One of the people here saw the baby kind of by the mama of grave.
2: Belugas have been sighted in Lake Elenigig before, but Mershon says this is the first time she's ever seen a beluga there.
4: Some are kind of heading over to Yaqual Creek and some are heading over to Hayek Point and it was fun.
2: A marine mammal biologist, Lori Quakenbush with fish and game, happened to be staying at Mershon's bed and breakfast.
4: Belugas have no problem at all
2: going up rivers Then people realize. This spring, a pair of belugas swam up the Kuskokwim River to Bethel, a journey of about 60 miles.
4: They're very shallow water cetaceans or small whales, so they can handle the shallow water of the of the rivers to get into places like lakes.
2: The whale sightings in Lake Aleknagak were serendipitous for Quakenbush, who happens to be surveying Bristol Bay's belugas this week.
4: We're here to do aerial surveys to count beluga's in Bristol Bay, which we last did in two thousand sixteen. So we're trying to do a count of the entire bay in order to see if we can tell if the population
2: is declining, stable, or increasing. In 2016, she says there were around 2,000 belugas in the bay. Fish and games biologists are conducting aerial surveys between Dillingham and King Salmon and don't have the final counts for this year, but she says so far it doesn't look like much has changed. The west side of Bristol Bay, including the Wood River, has seen one of the largest sockeye salmon runs on record this summer. More than 3 million sockeye have swum up the Wood so far, which flows from Lake Olechnigik out into Nushagak Bay. While belugas do eat a lot of salmon when they're available, there's a limit to how much fish one whale can hold.
4: A large red salmon run like you're having here in Bristol Bay now is good for belugas, but they can only fill their stomach so many times a day. If the run lasted longer from beginning to end, that might be a better year for belugas than if there's just more fish coming in at the, the normal time. They can't really take advantage of that.
2: Marshawn, the bed and breakfast owner, says it was great to learn how to spot belugas in the lake.
4: In the olden days, I've heard people say they've seen them here, but since I, you know, ran my own boat for 15 years and went sit knitting for 20, I was gone a lot. It's been really fun. I'm really glad they came and helped me train my eyes to what the belugas look like.
2: In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross.
0: A Petersburg teenager who spent nearly a year in cancer treatment in Seattle got quite a surprise Wednesday at the airport. He thought he was getting on the plane for yet another doctor's visit. Instead, he's off to California to meet an NBA champion. Joe Vicknicki has this report.
4: <laughs> Wait, like
7: for, like for real? Yeah,
4: for real. For real, for real. <laughs> So
7: wait, this is, this was is, this is all said, huh? Fifteen-year-old <laughs> Joseph yeah. Tagabon just had his mind blown, and it took a while for the truth to sink
4: in. <laughs> I'm not going to go to the appointment at all, right? It's just gonna not, not this trip. No. Uh, <laughs>
7: For the second time in less than a year, family and friends gathered at the airport wearing blue and white Joseph Strong T-shirts and holding signs. In November, they gave him a warm homecoming in a snowstorm after months of painful treatment for leukemia at Seattle Children's Hospital. Now they're sending him off on the trip of a lifetime. Teachers and coaches like Cindy Fry and Mick Petruski filled him in on details. So
2: in life, right, like in basketball... You never give up, Joseph. Your family, your team, and the Petersburg community have been by your side during all the hard times. You, sir, have demonstrated through this process what incredible strength that you have. You are not heading to a medical appointment. You're headed to the Golden State for the Golden State Warriors for a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with Clay Thompson. Andy's ESPN.
7: Agabon's is one of the 12,000 opportunities of a lifetime expected to be granted this year by Make-A-Wish America. His wish is to meet the Warriors basketball star. Clay helped uh, the team, majorly helped, that t- helped the team win the championship and how it was just a team effort and Tagabon wears a Golden State hat and said he watched every game of the Warriors' latest NBA championship run. His time with Thompson will be featured on a TV series called My Wish. It's a 15-year-old collaboration between Make-A-Wish and the sports broadcasting giant ESPN with ESPN's correspondent Chris Connolly. Tagabon said he had no idea about having his wish granted. I keep on getting filled with surprises. I mean, first it was the surprised right out here for the for the homecoming for me coming back and then now it's for me making my wish come true so it's it's just it's crazy how things could just happen and just full life is full of surprises and I don't know it's just crazy to me He's shaking his hand in a couple of days yeah i'm awestruck oh my gosh enjoy the ride Yeah. thank you thank you his parents were notified just the day before that the wish would be granted and the family would be flying to California the next day. Jamie Sandys with Make-A-Wish America says the airport surprise came together at the last minute.
6: The community just came together so quickly to to make that moment really special for Joseph. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the perfect way to kick off what's going to be a truly unforgettable life-changing experience.
7: Tegabon is the first Alaskan to be featured on the My Wish series. No word if it's sunken yet. In Petersburg, Joe Vicknicki.
0: Thank you all so much. <laughs> I can't believe it, man.
4: Read diverse, read indie on Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most influential authors from the world of independent publishing. The Reinvented Heart, edited by the critically acclaimed team Kat Rambo and Jennifer Brozek, presents stories that complicate sex and gender by showing how shifting technology may affect social attitudes and practices. It features stories that include relationships with communities and social groups, stories that reinvent traditional romance tropes and recast them for the 21st century, and above all, stories that experiment, astonish, and entertain. We spoke with Kat and Jennifer about the book, their journeys, and more. I I think when you are editing as a writer, it is an incredibly difficult balancing act because you have very strong ideas about what clear prose is and what prose should be. And every once in a while, you have to let the other person in the argument win. When it comes to choosing
3: authors and stories, um, I look for things that I remember. I read a lot. And if I'm still thinking about a story two days later, that's a really good sign uh, it means it has has moved me in some way love it or hate it you know as a writer I never want to be forgotten you can love me you can hate me don't forget me don't ignore me and that's what I do when I look for authors and works
4: that's Cat Rambo and Jennifer Brozek on the new book the reinvented heart which is available now wherever books are sold Read Diverse, Read Indie is presented by the Independent Book Publishers Association.
2: This is the Island Messenger, a look at personal messages, the weather and community
3: announcements.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to Friday It is the 15th day of July, the year 2022. The sun rose today at 532. It won't set again until 1057 this evening. That will give us 17 hours and 25 minutes of daylight, a loss of 3 minutes and 6 seconds compared to yesterday. Our record low temperature for this date was 35 degrees. That was set in 1927. And our record high was 80, set in 2003. Currently 62 degrees in the cool valley out at the airport, 66 up here on sunny Borough Hill. There are a few clouds out there, east winds to 5, 10 miles of visibility, slight chance of rain this afternoon, especially after 4 p.m. Cloudy skies, high near 64 is their prediction, calm winds turning to the southeast this afternoon and coming up to 5. Rain is likely tonight, especially between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., Cloudy skies tonight with a low around 56, light and variable winds turning to the south, coming up to 10 after midnight. And rain is likely tomorrow, mainly before 1 p.m. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a high near 60, southeast winds to 5, chance of precipitation tomorrow, 60%. Well, let's hear our brand new message from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game.
6: This is the Alaska Department of Fishing game in Kodiak with Kodiak Commercial Salmon Fishery Advisory Announcement Number 15, date issued 10 a.m. on July 15th. The current commercial salmon fishing period in the following areas will be extended until further notice. The Ishua Bay and Outer Katoy Bay sections of the Afognak District. There will be a 24-hour extension to the current commercial salmon fishing period from 9 p.m. Friday, July 15th until 9 p.m. Saturday, July 16th in the following areas, in the Outer Iaculic and Halibut Bay sections of the Southwest Kodiak District, and the Cape Alatak, Humpy Dead Man Al-Tac Bay, Mosier Bay, and Olga Bay sections of the alatak District. As previously announced, the mainland district will close to commercial salmon fishing at 9 p.m. Friday, July 15th. The following areas will close to commercial salmon fishing at 9 p.m. Saturday, July 16th. 16th, the outer Karlaq section of the Southwest Kodiak District, the Northwest Kodiak District, except for the kajuyak Bay, Inner Uganic Bay, and Zacker Bay sections remain closed. The Northeast Kodiak District, the Eastside Kodiak District, except for the Pasakshak Bay section, remains closed. The Afognak District, except for the Izhouet Bay and Outer Katoy Bay sections, will be extended until further notice. Fishermen are reminded that until further notice in that portion of the Northwest and Southwest Kodiak District, south of the latitude of Cape Kuliak, King Salmon, 28 inches or greater in length, may not be retained by purse seine gear in the commercial fishery and must be returned to the water unharmed. Concerning the North Selikoff Strait Fishery, Short notice, in closures may occur for sane fisheries in the seaward zones of the North Selikoff Strait area, including the new Cape Fig Higback section. As designated in the North Selikoff Strait Sockeye Salmon Management Plan, closure announcements may occur at 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., noon, 2 p.m., 5 p.m., or 8 p.m. on VHF Channel 6. Cost recovery fisheries have begun in the Spearton Bay Special Harvest Area, and the Spirit and Bay Special Harvest Area will remain closed to common property fishing. Fishing opportunities in the Spirit and Bay Special Harvest Area will be dependent upon the ability to meet KRAA cost recovery needs, and all cost recovery information may be obtained by calling 486-6559. Other closed waters are shown in the Kodiak Area Salmon Statistical Chart and in detailed in commercial salmon fishing regulations and statistical charts, harvest strategies, and commercial salmon fishing regulations are available at the Kodiak Fishing Game Office. And of course, the most recent salmon fishery information may be obtained by calling the department's 24 hour of phone at 486 4559. Thank you very much. Good luck fishing. And this is the Alaska Department of Fishing Game.
0: We have an incoming tide. Our next high tide here on the east side will be at 441 this afternoon and be 7.8 feet, followed by a low tide at 958, just about 10 p.m. of 1.7 feet. Over on the west side, you have a high tide coming up at 501 p.m. That will be a 13.6-foot tide, and your low tide will happen at 1047 this evening and be 2.4 feet in Larson Bay. For you tide poolers, if you haven't had a chance yet, we have another significant significant minus tide tomorrow morning on the east side that will happen at 10.52 a.m. tomorrow and be minus two feet. Over on the west side, you will have a low tide coming up at 11.23 a.m., a minus 3.2 foot tide in Larson Bay. Mariners, here's your forecast for Marmot Island to sit Knot, Kodiak's east side. Southwest 20 today sees to 5 feet, expected to come up to 6 feet tonight. For tomorrow, Southwest 20 sees to 7 feet. And for Saturday night, Southwest 25 sees coming up to 9 feet on our east side. Sunday through Monday, Southwest 30 sees to 10 feet. Over in the Shelikov Strait, Southwest 20 today sees to 6 feet. For tomorrow, variable 10 sees to 3 feet. Saturday night, southwest 25 seas coming up to 7 feet. And Sunday through Monday in the Shelikoff southwest 25 sees to 7 feet. Well, notice is hereby given there will be a Board of Education regular meeting July 18th. That's next Monday, beginning at 6.30 p.m. in the District Services Conference Room. That's room F-140 of the old high school wing. The meeting will be streamed through Blue Jeans, and login information is posted on the Kodiak Island Borough School District website, which is at www.kibsd.org. Look under the Board of Education tab. For more information, call the Secretary to the Board of Education, Bianca Clark, at 907-486-7566. Next week, the Assembly will be having a work session. Oh, that happened yesterday. July 21st, the Assembly will be having a regular meeting. That's happening at the Assembly Chambers at 6.30 p.m. Nominating petitions for two three-year City Council seats are available now in the City Clerk's Office. For additional information, call the City Clerk at 907-486-8636. And traffic, through traffic continues to be closed on Simeonoff Street between Bartell Avenue and Ole Johnson Way while they work on storm drainage improvements. It will be closed between 17th Avenue and Zentner Street for a period of time during the project. Please use alternate routes. For more information, call the Engineering Department at 907-486-8065. Things are going on at the public library, including their weekly bridge club. They meet every Monday at 1 p.m. This club welcomes seasoned players of Contract Bridge. And hey kids, do you like to explore new places in Alaska? Well, come join Library Explorers and learn about other Alaskan places without leaving home. Just download a library passport or pick one up at the library and visit the five locations on the map. You can unlock each location's keyword and add it to your passport. Once it is completed, send it off and drop it or drop it off at the library, and there are prizes involved. This is a collaboration between Alaska Public Media's education programs, Seward, Homer, Kuskokwim, and Kodiak Public Libraries. And don't forget about the community beekeeping project. Weekly hive checks are every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Space outside is limited to 15 people. To reserve a spot, call Oni at
3: 486-8683. Hello, Kodiak, and welcome to the July 15th edition of Island Byways. I'm Pam Foreman. Holy moly. Mid-July already. Anyone know where the time has gone this summer? Who knows? As always, with the full moon, we are enjoying some terrific minus tides right now, especially in the mornings perfect tide-pooling opportunities where you might find all sorts of little fish, hermit crabs scuttering about in their borrowed shell homes, all sorts of anemones, mussels, sea stars, and if you're really lucky, an octopus or two. If you lived here in Kodiak around 2013 and 2014, you might remember that there were some interesting and slightly horrifying things going on in the ocean around that time. Remember the blob? Abnormally warm, I'd say hot, waters in the Pacific Ocean, including the Gulf of Alaska. Many things changed during that time. Acidification of the ocean, for one, and changes in all manner of sea life that scientists are still working to understand. Up and down the Pacific coast, there was a sea star die-off during that time apparently from sea star wasting disease. The blob and overall warming climate changes were likely part of the cause. We saw a die-off here on Kodiak. Especially hard hit were the large sunflower stars, the sunburst stars, the leather stars, and those purple beauties known as the okra stars. Of course, the things sea stars eat began to thrive. Mussels, sea urchins, Now that I think of it, I wonder if that contributed to the increase in sea otters around that time. Urchins and mussels are part of their diet. Hmm. Anyway, when you see a sea star in the tide pool or hanging out on a piling or a pile of rocks, celebrate and say, welcome back. And that's it for Island Byways this week. Have fun and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening. Listen for the Island Messenger here on
2: public radio KMXT three times a day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m., during the midday report at 1220, and in the evening at 7 o'clock. If you have a community announcement or personal message, including lost and found items or pets, you can call KMXT at 486-3181, fax us at 486-2733, or email psa at kmxt.org.